0: Welcome to the Mojo Market Report. Here's your hosts, Dave Sturgio and Chris Gucci. How are you about? Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Mojo Market Report here on a Wednesday. A very eventful day yesterday as the NFL trade deadline happens. It is your boys, Dave Sturchio, Chris Gucci, A5, Anthony Behind the Glass here at Chop Studios. Lots to get over and go over. Uh, today considering again lots of movement happened yesterday within the mojo market because the NFL transactions were plentiful uh, a lot of trades um, and, and a lot of moving parts as far as like a lot of success stories you would say um, a lot of winners I want to say there wasn't a lot of losers maybe one we'll get into them but uh, you're like eyeing me down you're, like I'm glad I didn't give a second round pick well the well, Packers weren't on Claypool. We'll talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> they, they were. And the Cowboys were in on Cooks. So there's a lot of stuff going on um, with uh, with the trade market. So we'll start with that. It's trade deadline, right? Everything happens. Now, look, there's a lot of guys that have been traded that won't necessarily affect the market, meaning defensive players. You know, stay tuned for that. Can't wait for that to actually happen um, because that's going to be another whole ball ballgame. But what I will say is the Bradley Chubb deal stands out to me because of the fact that now the AFC East – Gets another guy to rush the quarterback. So that's a big deal when it comes to Josh Allen, Zach Wilson. Um, well, Who am I missing here? Zach D- D- Tua? Yes. Tua, yeah. No, Tua's his quarterback. Oof, it's a morning. Why am I missing a team? Matt Jones. Matt Jones. The Zappy. zappy. yes. Yeah, so all those guys are going to have Bradley Chubb breathing down their necks. Uh So that's a big one, right? Yeah, and when you really look at that trade, it completes the trifecta. You see the deal that the, Aww, the Dolphins ended up pulling off. What a haul. So
1: they made the trade. They traded Trey Lance. They end up getting... Uh, Tyreek Hill, they move that piece to move up and get Jalen Waddle, and then they also get Bradley Chubb now, so... Tip your
0: cap to the GM of the Dolphins. Pick, keep your draft picks. Yeah, <laughs> or if you're the Rams, just, you know, screw. Them. Well, <laughs> now get, look at the Rams. Give it up. Oh, exactly, exactly. So now in lines, the problem, when you go all in, and you win a Super Bowl, don't get me wrong, I, I mean, it did wonders for the city, it did wonder for, wonders for the organization, but... Now look at your team. Yeah, so when you have a, the restructure
1: thing happening and you trade all your draft picks and you're asking players to buy in and, and re-sign and take a little bit less money, which is what the Rams are gonna have to do. That only works when you're winning football games. This mm. Rams team is in trouble.
0: They are, they are. We'll How start, we knocked that about the Rams? I don't know. I'm not sure. But we will start with one of the more uh the earlier trades that happened yesterday. That was one of the big splashes. Was Chase Claypool was sent to the Chicago Bears from the Pittsburgh Steelers after all reports said Chase Claypool was not on the block, he was not going to get moved and the entire time it was just about the compensation and the compensation was a second round pick. Now it's still up in the air. I don't know why nobody can actually determine which this is because I've seen multiple different reports. Was this the second round pick they acquired for uh Roquan Smith or was this their own? I don't know why nobody can get that right. I've seen multiple different reports. In any event, is Chase Claypool worth a second-round pick at this point?
1: In my estimation— I mean, the Packers were in on it. In my estimation, no, considering—I I think maybe because you have another year and he's a, and he's done his rookie deal. Was Claypool a first-round pick? I don't think he was. I'm not sure. I think Claypool was a second-round pick. So there's not a fourth-year option. So he has a year and a half of team control, mm-hmm. I believe. And um, I think it's a little overpay. So where are you ranking Claypool as a, as a top wide out right now? I'm putting him out, just outside 30, and then we're starting to have conversations about which guy is better. I think you could effectively slot Chase Claypool anywhere from like the 31st round to two. the 40th best receiver in football right now. So a second-round pick for that, when you're looking at the compensation that other guys have yielded, I'm just not in on a Chase Claypool for a second-round pick. It does help the Bears, but poor Chase Claypool. He's like, "Oh, I got traded! Finally, I don't have to not catch passes from whoever the bum quarterback <laughs> is in Pittsburgh right now." And he gets to go to Chicago where they throw twelve times a game. So yeah,
0: so I'm not sure it's going to be much. Or of an maybe uptick. listen, maybe they're only throwing twelve times a game because they got nobody to throw to. I mean, well, it could be can... a whole different ball game with a new receiver over there. And now you have you could stack them with Mooney uh, and Cole Komet. And I've picked up this nugget that. Claypool played with Komet at college, so maybe a little nice little rapport there.
1: I saw a thing; it was um, at Notre Dame, and it was uh, uh, Thanos, and he was like, "I collected the final infinity." It was (laughs) Thanos was basically being Justin Fields in this meme, and he finally collected his infinity stone of mid receivers, right? So now they have four just below average receivers out there in Chicago,
0: and that's true. I I think. you Second know, the, round
1: pick, come on. The, the age
0: old, the age old to- uh, converse, topic of conversation was when you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterback. So when you have four number twos, you don't have a number one. So um, look, I think this is this helps his market in as far as Mojo's concerned. It helps him dramatically because of the fact that I think he was about to lose a lot of reps and, and targets over in Pittsburgh because of the, the emergence of a George Pickens and the and Deontay Johnson's still there and Friar Muth is catching passes. So maybe Chase was lost in the shuffle, so this could be a little resurgence. So I, I'm cool with the trade, not so cool with the compensation. Uh, I think it's a little rich. I mean, he uh, does unique blood.
1: things on the field. He plays a big slot, so yeah, that's typic- that's not typical. Usually his slot guys are a little more shifty. Mm. Uh, he creates mismatch- mismatches. We'll see what the offense can do with him. It's an upgrade for the Bears. I just don't think it's worth the compensation. So I think the Bears might be a slightly better team. I don't think Claypool goes up all that much.
0: How about an interdivision big-time splash by the Minnesota Vikings going all in right now on a T.J. Hawkinson. And when you look at his report, he's up 5% over the last 24 hours. Everybody and their mother knows that T.J. Hawkinson just got an upgrade at quarterback. And while Kirk Cousins, to me, isn't this, you know, he's not going to light the world on fire every week. He's more consistent than a Jared Goff. And he's has a better offense around him in Minnesota. TJ Hawkinson right now, to me, over the last, you know, we'll talk about a couple more. But to me, this is the best case scenario for a guy like him. I don't know if he was going to rot away in in Detroit. I did say that the Detroit Lions were a quarterback away, so maybe that was going to happen in the next draft or two and TJ can develop. But right now he's getting a a fast smash right over to Minnesota, and the fact that Irv Smith Jr. has a high ankle sprain might be out till December. So now, boom, you get yourself some targets.
1: Yeah, just not too many of them. I think Minnesota, they have a a ton of receivers over there. K.J. Osborne needs the ball. uh, Adam Thielen needs the ball, and we all know Justin Jefferson needs the ball. So if you look at what Irv Smith was doing in, in terms of targets before he went down, it's not not all that great. Yeah, Barrett
0: Smith's not Hawkinson.
1: I agree, but targets are targets. It's not like they're going to bring Hawkinson in right away and he's going to all of a sudden know the offense and just get a lion share of the targets. I think there's a little bit of wolf tickets right now surrounding T.J. Hawkinson. I think the Minnesota Vikings are a clear better team as a result of the trade, mm-hmm. but as far as the market is concerned, I would pump my brakes on Hawkinson. I think what you're going to see here is if you miss the – if you miss the jump on the trade, I don't know that there's going to be another jump. I mean, he might have a good game in Week One and we see a splash, but I doubt it. I think they're going to ease him into this situation, and because they have a ton of other weapons, they can afford to do that.
0: Hawkinson right now, uh, 26 receptions, 395 yards, three touchdowns, and if you want in on Hawkinson right now, there is a uh, a nice fat five-time multiplier on this young tight end. So that's an what is this short? Are they offering it's a three-time multiplier? Three-time,
1: three-time that short.
0: You're going to short Hawkinson short right off short the rip.
1: I'm right off the rip. Yeah, that's the name of this game, my friend. It's like you see something that you don't agree with, and then you go the opposite direction. I don't agree that Hawkinson is going to be better. I think the news surrounding it is enough hype to think, okay, pass-happy offense. But guess what? He's coming from a- arguably the most pass-happy offense in football True. with – one less weapon, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown has been in and out of the lineup, so he was able to get a lion's share of the targets. No pun intended, he was on the Lions. But now he's on the Vikings, and like I'm I so said, they have, of a ton of, they have a ton of weapons over there, and their system is already kind of humming along. Why would they really change anything up? Irv Smith, he's going to get his targets. Well, he's hurt. But Irv Smith got his targets, but he only had over five targets in two games. You mm-hmm. know, So out of all the seven games Minnesota played, you know, four targets, three targets. that's not gonna that's not going to get you production out of a tight end position. Maybe Hawkinson sees a slight uptick, but how many more one
0: yeah, one we'll per see. game We'll see I
1: don't know. i'm not, I'm not in on Hawkinson.
0: shifting over to the running back game, and that is uh, it seems like the coach down in Miami just wants to stockpile all his former players on his offense. He brings in Jeff Wilson, Jr. He's traded over to the Dolphins. Now the Dolphins, for whatever reason, to me, uh, that was already a crowded backfield, and they shipped one off in the in the Chubb deal, right? They shipped off. Um, Chase Edmonds. Edmonds. So Edmonds is out of Miami and all of a sudden Jeff Wilson Jr., who has shown a lot of burst so far. Um he's he's absolutely crushed it uh, in his opportunities. And I think he's going to get just a little bit more because if you if you know this offense, you know now that the San Francisco 49ers in 2020 had both Mostert and Wilson Jr. And now 20, the Miami and, Dolphins and have twenty one Mostert, yeah, Mostert and Wilson Jr. So they're and we all saw how effective. That running tandem was so now Jeff Wilson by default I think this is a great move for the for the Dolphins here yeah
1: there's they're a, all in there's a familiarity with the system because he's coached by him before and I think it works out he went from a spot where Jeff Wilson was clearly buried on the depth chart I'm just talking fantasy here for projection purposes, Mm. because when you look at Jeff Wilson's projections after the CMC trade, it was paltry, Mm. under one. It was .7 going into last week. So that's just one week after the trade. It wasn't like he was going to start to see an uptick, and then with Elijah Mitchell coming back, he might have even been buried more on the depth chart. It was a good move to get Wilson out of there and give him a chance to play. And there's a slightly uh, budding relationship building between McDaniels and the 49ers front office. Not that they need one to build, but... You're going to see a lot of that in the it coming season. It helps. They they're they're like loaning. I would off, say that like,
0: there's like loners almost, but I mean like let's see if they plan it uh, pan out. But yeah, Elijah Mitchell will be a Dolphin next year. Watch, <laughs>
1: almost Are guaranteed you, would at Would you this be point. shocked? No, nope. not at all. Right.
0: Um, so Jeff Wilson also comes with a five time multiplier. If you're in on him on the early production, three times short. Um, one more running back to get to on the trade deadline, and that is one of Naeem Hines. Now, Buffalo, we knew they were in the market for a running back. I thought for sure they'd be doing a lot of wheeling and dealing to get a guy like Kareem Hunt or a guy like uh, who else? There was another uh, decent one on the block. Oh, uh, Cam Akers over in L.A. So I'm thinking, all right, they're in on that. Do you think this is a settle job or do you think Hines fits the system?
1: I think he fits the system. I think James Cook also fit the system, Yikes. so I'm surprised. And they, they traded
0: Zach the Moss away. They
1: did. They got rid of Zach Moss. That works because they buried him on the depth chart. Right. James Cook, I thought he was more of the scat-back type where he was going to be the, the third-down guy, but I think he's lacking major in the in the pass-blocking uh, department, and I think that's a major, major aspect, especially as you approach the postseason. Naheem Hines. I mean, he's been getting it done as he's a machine ba- out of the backfield as a, as a, as a catcher. He, yeah, he's he's the Larry Centers of the, of today.
0: You are that's two days in a row. Yesterday, Rich Cannon. Today, Larry Centers. Yeah, You're on a roll. The with modern day Larry
1: Centers, but a little a little bit more versatile, honestly, because I think he's a better runner than Larry Centers was. But look, Naheem Hines, he's getting 60 catches a year. It's a perfect perfect fit for this Buffalo offense. It makes it the best offense in football, arguably even better. Uh, I I think that they could have done better at the running back spot in terms of getting a. You know, an every down back or a guy that you could hand the ball off to, and that's not Naheem Hines. Uh, I do want to bring this up though, because I thought the most guaranteed guy to get moved was going to be a Kareem Hunt, and he stays put. So, unfortunately, so much Johnson. Most fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> there was a bunch of a bunch of funny things that I saw, like all the fantasy football always next year, and it was a, a screenshot or a screen recording of them just dropping dearness Johnson. <laughs> so we all we all tried. Yeah, I was there. I was in on that it. boat. Uh, Can't I was there. Win them
0: all potentially on the mojo market as well all right look as we enter week nine if you do the math and you do the calendars and everybody's about to play their either ninth or eighth game we're literally at the midway point so it's time for a mid midway report right so we have guys that we've seen we got sent something yesterday from the great folks over at mojo um and we looked up and down this list and we saw what these guys have done the first half of their nfl season of 2022 There's a lot of guys that kind of jumped off the charts to us. And it's not always necessarily, oh, who's the best guy who made the most money? We all know what's happened over the midseason report. And we start with Baker Mayfield, okay? Baker Mayfield is down 39% on the season. And he's down 49% for the last year. Baker Mayfield has lost a lot of mojo, have you, okay? He gets traded over to uh, Carolina, uh, touted as the starter, it just seems like right away he's the Bo Callahan. If you like the movie draft day, nobody went to his birthday party, right? Baker Mayfield falls out of favor very quick. The coach gets fired. He gets hurt. PJ Walker comes in. He's playing complimentary football. All of a sudden Baker Mayfield is is the Carson Wentz. He's about to lose another spot. Like I don't I'm almost positive that he did.
1: You think it's over? Yeah, right. He practiced the other day. He was I think they got rid of his injury designation and he's still the backup. I don't know that there wasn't I haven't seen some major announcement which I'm surprised because Baker is technically a lightning rod and the media would love to pour it on Baker right now but I think PJ Walker's done enough to it's be not a clear. fine
0: job. Uh Baker Mayfield in his short season like again he's he's gotten hurt but he's got 962 yards, four touchdowns and right four now. uh interceptions. So his completion percentage is just under 55% so Baker Mayfield's having a very, very tough year. I want to check the future on
1: Baker right now. Give me you one can do that.
0: Um, he, right now, he comes with a five-time long but If I'm doing anything with Baker Mayfield's stock on the Mojo market, I am shorting the crap out of this one. This one's a three-time multiplier go short. What's up? Yeah, they don't believe in Baker anymore in the <laughs>
1: Mojo market. There's uh, $3.86 in, in future bank value, and his average bank per season is $5.26. So, basically, they are not expecting Baker to be in the, the NFL. Ma- the market is no longer expecting Baker to be a starting quarterback in the league. That's rough. And I
0: agree. And don't get me wrong. And I was going to say this before. This is the land of opportunity. There was a massive, massive movement on guys like Taylor Heineke and Sam Ellinger and um, all the backups and Sam Howell and – is it Sam Howell? All these guys that were backups that were getting opportunities, that's why they shot through the moon. And that's why I made a lot of money on a Kenny Pickett because I got ahead of it, right? So you could do that. You could play the market that way as well. But when you're talking about quarterbacks who are going to lose their jobs and may never even see the field again as a listed starter. Now, I'm not talking about come in relief because somebody got hurt.
1: And honestly, Baker, Baker Mayfield might be done. You know what the m- number one quality of a backup quarterback
0: is? The reliability? <laughs> likeability. <laughs>
1: likeability as well. I mean, reliability yeah. is usually the case. You're the backup. You're not doing anything. But reliability and likability, I would put likability more because, really, you need to have the team rally behind you knowing that you're not that good. Not right? that guy, pal. If you were that good, like, you see how the, the commanders – Rallied around Taylor Heineke that one yeah. playoff run.
0: Yeah, they were and like, now they're rallying again.
1: Exactly. That's what you need. You need somebody that the team likes. Nobody likes Baker Mayfield. They're so getting the huddle. If you anticipate Baker Mayfield getting a, um, a backup quarterback job, why would you? There's enough talent. You, there's there's a lot of guys that are talented enough that don't get an opportunity because of off-field issues and things like that. And Baker Mayfield definitely fits that category.
0: Kudos me. to my dad, man. He said when Baker Mayfield first came out, you know, number one overall pick, he goes, welcome to Johnny Manziel 2.0. Minute- I'm like, what? The minute if anybody could watch
1: anything. So happy to play for the Browns. Watch too. watch the Baker Mayfield dance move. Yeah. We've seen it, it memed up left and right. If you could watch that and say, Yeah, I'm in on Baker Mayfield, <laughs> then I question your humanity <laughs> at this point.
0: Wow, humanity. Out of here on Baker. Staying on quarterbacks, real quick, there's another guy that's on the downward swing right now. So you might want to get in on the dip, possibly, if he, you know, excels another uh, for the rest of the season at least. And that's Mac Jones. Mac Jones over there with the Patriots. You know, we're looking at him over the course of the last year. He's down 20%. He's down 33% just this year alone. Um, yes, injury aside, Mac Jones has played okay football, but has he? Like, not really, right? Not this like, year. The fact is the Patriots are not out of it yet. You know what I'm saying? And I've said that the Patriots were going to be a very bad team this year. I went on record to say that. Um, he's got three touchdowns, bro. He's thrown seven interceptions already. So it's a tough sledding for Mac Jones. Now, I'm not saying that the Patriots should move on and, and grab Bailey Zappi and, and try to, you know, jolt their offense. But Mac Jones is turning out to be maybe not the guy in New England. I don't know. Maybe it's not a big enough sample size, do you think? Um, we give everybody a pass in the, in the league. We're talking about Daniel Jones,
1: and he's doing well, but he doesn't have the weapons. Like, Mac Jones has no weapons. Nobody expected Mac Jones and the Patriots' offense to be good this year. Right. right. So any positives that you're getting out of them, it's just that. It's a positive. But three touchdowns and seven picks, that's really bad in limited football. Seven picks is the is the main issue. I understand the Patriots don't throw much. And Belichick doesn't even put you in a position to throw a pick, let alone seven. So Mac Jones, the wheels might be coming off for good. Because I can't imagine that the Patriots are looking at Bailey Zappi as this guy of the future either. I think what they're looking at him as is a cheap backup. And Mac Jones might be on the move at a certain point. Because this draft class of quarterbacks is too good. And Mac Jones... While he did have a good rookie season, you could kind of cling to that. But we need to see a little bit more in the second half. I'm not so sure we're going to see it because, like I said, there was no weapons there. They didn't make any moves to to add anything. Right. I think the Patriots are kind of okay with plugging along with this vanilla offense and seeing if
0: Mac Jones can hand the ball off 55 times a game. <laughs> We'll talk about his teammate right now because we can move over to running like back. right? a yeah, Beautiful segue. He's learning, guys. He's learning. Ramondre Stevenson is one of the better premier backs in the league right now. He's up 28% over the course of the last year. Ready for this? He's up 105% in the last calendar year. So the first part of this season, at least, was something to be said for. He's got 114 carries, 558 yards, four touchdowns. He's averaging just under five yards a carry. He's also got 32 catches out of the backfield for 217. He's becoming an all-around back. This kind of leads me to believe that maybe the time for Damian Harris is almost done. Ram Stevenson, and yes, we call him Ram Stevenson over here uh, at Chop Studios. Ram Stevenson has carved himself out a nice role in an offense that you just said was very vanilla. Yeah, it's
1: usually the the Patriots do this in a in a system. They won't have a guy that's gonna run the ball a ton, right. also catch the ball a ton. Ramondre Stevenson is a total package, and he's on a team that's just committed to the run, more so than maybe any other any other team outside of the Seahawks. Uh, you gotta be in on Ramondre right now. I know yeah. that it looks like you missed the the big uptick, but three-time multiplier. I think Slap this guy's right here now. to stay. You watch the way he runs, he runs with violence, and he makes people miss, and then when you don't make them miss, he makes you pay. I'm all in <laughs> on Ramondre Stevenson. He's dangerous in space. He doesn't have that breakaway speed, but I don't think you really need it when you're getting 20 touches a game.
0: Just look at Jerome Bettis. He's a, you know, he a Hall of Famer. Yeah, <laughs> so guy's,
1: this guy's the real deal. I'm, I, I, I really it. like him. I believe it. Now, Unfortunately, though, he's going to see a lot of stacked boxes, but that's not really going to matter much because again, the Patriots are just committed.
0: Yes, they are committed to uh, doing whatever it takes to get themselves some dubs on the early go of the season. Now, another guy that – Kind of bursted off to the, you know into the scene last year and became, if you're a fantasy football player, the clear-cut number one overall pick because of the season that he had. But if you look at the Mojo Market Report, Jonathan Taylor is struggle bus right now. He is driving the struggle bus. He is uh, down 9% over the course of the year. He's down 13% just this year alone in midway through the season. Um, I, I know he's been hurt. A little hobbled, right? The Colts have yet to find their identity because they thought Matt Ryan coming in there was going to be the savior to the passing game. They turned out to be the slowest offense in the league, right? They couldn't get anything going. Then you bring in a Sam Ellinger and they lose a game. They blow one late. Jonathan Taylor still hobbled. What's your, like what's the landscape for Jonathan Taylor as he sits there at $16.83. He's still relatively cheap. Very, very young. He's got a five time multiplier uh, available right now. So I don't know. Are you in on Jonathan Taylor's resurgence?
1: I wouldn't say that I'm in on Jonathan Taylor's resurgence wholeheartedly, but, I mean, that is very attractive to me. When I see a player of that caliber on that type of downspin, I really believe in Jonathan Taylor, and I typically believe in the Colts as a second-half team. I wish I've seen a little bit more lately to see that they've gotten it going. And the Sam Ellinger thing, I understand that everybody's high on him because of how he played at college, and he won people a ton of bets. But guess what? The NFL, everybody's really good, right? Sam Ellinger isn't going to be that good. I I talked about shorting him the other day. I think I stand behind that. I do believe that Jonathan Taylor is a very, very prime by low candidate right now. And I'm talking about Justin in the mojo market and in fantasy I mean I'm trading for him left and right every chance I get yeah my
0: brother did yesterday Kind you know Jonathan Taylor he league. could
1: still be the <laughs> league winner and I think Jonathan Taylor the, the Colts have proven in the last couple seasons that they're a second half team I still am gonna buy on Jonathan Taylor because it's dangerously low it can't really go anywhere but up unless they just say hey the season's lost and they shut him down for the year but even so. in that in the event that they do that it's almost better for his future prospects you might have to sit on him for a little bit but I think that there's money to be made with Jonathan Taylor well, do you think Taylor Taylor ends his career lower than where he's at right now. Absolutely, the not. caliber that we've seen him. Absolutely, I think not. that's just a. Uh, I, to me, he ends up somewhere else before his career is over. At the very least, I'm in on Jonathan Taylor still. He's too good of a player.
0: Somebody that we've been in on for quite some time is Chris Alave. And Chris Alave leads the receivers right now, or not in our eyes, 17% up at the midway point. Uh, Chris Alave is having himself a heck of a season and a heck of a career. Drafted at his share price, but now he's up 21% from the start of the season. And just the first half of the season, he's already up, what I say already, uh, 17%. Alave, 37 catches, 547 yards, two touchdowns. Now... He's had to deal with a lot of stuff over there, changing parts, meaning, you know, they don't have Jameis Winston, they have Andy Dalton. And then when they don't have Andy Dalton, they throw Taysom Hill back there. And when they don't have Taysom Hill, they might go back to Andy Dalton. So there's no rapport being built. Also, the targets. Like, Michael Thomas. Everybody, I mean, you've shorted Michael Thomas since day one. Day one. Said it's it's a no it's a lost cause for Michael Thomas. Chris Olave is gonna start to eat. And he is sixty-three targets is okay for nine games or eight games through the season, right? So he's almost averaging like maybe like seven, eight targets a game. So he's getting the volume. Now my question is this. Are you in on the Saints' offense as a whole? Because yesterday or last week, we saw Alvin Kamara go absolutely stupid all over the market, right? He just completely crushed it. But a guy like Chris Alave, three-time multiplier available for the rookie, are you still in on on
1: Alave here? Absolutely, okay. and I'm still. He's the only Saint offensive player that I'm that I'm interested in, to be honest. Not even Kamara. No, really. I mean Kamara. He has he had a touchdown other than the three that he had the other day. Yeah, it Doesn't It'll matter. I feel like that
0: was that was the the, the jump start of. Well, his you season. might feel like that, but
1: I sure nah, don't. right. So there's just too much inconsistency out of the Saints' offense, and he's in and out of the lineup way too much. I'm not. I'm not big on Kamara, and he already got paid, so he's not playing for that. And contract watch out anymore. for the suspension looming. And yeah, I do believe, maybe. yeah, there is a suspension looming. I don't know when it's going to happen. Can't probably, just punch a guy in the face, dude. Probably not this <laughs> season, but you're going to see a dip there. So if I'm buying Kamara, it's it's like week five when he's serving next his suspension, year <laughs> right. when, a, after that. All right, back to Olave. Um, but yeah, Olave, He's, he's reminding me a lot of like a young Allen Robinson and a young, and we'll get to him in a moment, Terry McLaurin, because mm. he's done a lot so far in his career with a revolving door at quarterback. And really none of them have been really effective. Danny Dalton plays decent, but we all know who Annie Dalton is. It's not a, he's not a gunslinger by any Journeyman. stretch. So you got to give your props to Chris Olave. Uh, he, he managed to, Battle his way up the depth chart, I mean, with the help of Michael Thomas, calf, I guess. So, Olave, I'm in on him. Ohio State receivers just make me feel good about investing. How about quarterbacks? Investing, not so much quarterbacks. <laughs> but Ohio State receivers, they got two over there in Ohio State right now that I can't wait to see. In the, All right, in the, well, in the, in the you can NFL. invest in them
0: now because college football players will be available even past the quarterbacks very, very soon. All right, another sad story I would say is, you know, I hate even calling him Scary Terry. How scary is he, really? Terry McLaurin, okay? Over the course of the last year, he's down 13%. uh, But just in this season alone, he's down 14% halfway through. Um, There is a five-time multiplier on Terry McLaurin. So I will say, if you're in on Scary Terry, you might want to do that and go that route to get the best bang for your buck. But right now, just 33 catches, 553 yards, two touchdowns. He's averaging 16.8 a catch, which is nice. But again, same situation there. Dealt with the Carson Wentz factor, which everybody was like, ooh, Carson Wentz coming to town? He's going to ball out, right? And then all of a sudden, he's left off the face of the earth and the face of the stat sheet. But then you get Tyler Hanneke in there. Everybody wants to get involved in that. You got another kid in the waiting in the wings. Terry McLaurin, as a Washington commander, will not have a steady quarterback until his third year, fourth year in the league. It's, it's it's tough sledding for I Scary know, Terry right I now. Know. Are you in? It's almost like buying the dip I'm right now. I'm looking at Terry's uh, game logs right now. Okay. And yes, I, I like the way it's
1: trending right now. Okay. He's had two games in a row where he was very productive. Uh, not so much against the Packers, but he had really big plays in that game. Obviously, I watched it. He made some big catches over Jair, and Jair is one of the premier corners in the league. Terry McLaurin is a baller. This guy, like I just talked about with Olave um, not having the quarterbacks, look at his quarterbacks. That's what I just career. said. Yeah. He's had none, and he still is very productive, like 90 catches a year, even in his rookie season with nobody. I still love Terry McLaurin. I just talked about Ohio State receivers. He's one of them. I feel good about McLaurin. And, and if he does end up in another spot, that's a good thing for, uh, for, for Mojo Market because if it's a long-term investment, I think Terry McLaurin, he did just get paid, though, so he's not going to end up anywhere else, right?
0: Terry he's, McLaurin got that. It was he got a, it was a deal. deal. Yeah, it was a deal. It, it was wasn't one of these deal. blockbuster deals. It was a deals. 20
1: something million dollar yeah, deal. So I mean, they're, look, they're committed paid. to him. He's going to be there for a little bit. I'm not sure that's a great they thing. They just
0: wanted to avoid the whole fifth year option
1: thing. But I think crap. there's a consistency element to what McLaren does. And you see that throughout his career. A couple bad weeks early in the season this year. And I'm looking. They really weren't even that bad. He just hasn't found the end zone yet. The commanders are struggling with the quarterback position. You expect that. Eventually, he gets somebody a little bit better. But even if he doesn't, we see the production. I think that that's a little bit disrespectful to Terry McLaurin right now. Oof, okay. What has he done other than being on the, the Commanders
0: wrong? <laughs> that, is, that is, in fact, but the, that does, the that problem. That does affect
1: the market. But yeah, I think he's a great player. And like I said, he's just consistent. And the quarterback play should improve. And Heineke,
0: he's been better with Heineke than anybody else throughout his career. I agree. All right, now look, final position we're about to go over is something very, very interesting to me because when I looked at all the tight ends on the Mojo market, I thought, all right, who's, who's jumping off the charts? Believe it or not, all right? Now, these superstars in his league, you would think that the movement is minimal because of all the bank value and the future projections and all this stuff. So it's never crazy unless you put a multiplier on them. This guy is up 16% without a multiplier, and that's Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey is obviously top dog right now. Best tight end in football. There's no – you can't make the argument – You maybe you can make the argument for a Mark Andrews when healthy. But, like, Travis Kelsey – is absolutely balling, and for the last year, he's been up twenty-five percent and up sixteen percent already. There's a ten-time multiplier on this guy right now. If I'm going to suggest anything to anybody, it's right now to get in on Travis Kelsey if that's what they're offering for him, because this guy is barring any injury, he's already paid, he's already got the the quarterback forever, he's got the offense that's going to hum forever. This guy is the best lock yeah, as far as like we talk about the Josh Allen's of the world this is your Josh Allen of the tight ends
1: yeah i mean it's it's a very good indicator and i like the point you brought up about veterans not really having much movement in the in the upward direction well travis kelsey said hold my beer yeah because a lot of beers (laughs) i think at the beginning we're talking about 25 percent for the year you could see the significant uptick with the absence of tyreek hill expecting that okay this is going to guarantee travis kelsey's going to see the boatload of the targets and it responded accordingly and guess what travis kelsey delivered so this is a good indicator to see it's like oh man i missed i missed the spike i i should have gotten in on that and then you you feel bad about yourself because he's gone up He went up 11%, I believe, or 9% with the trade, and then another 16% thereafter with his play this season. So it's a good indicator to see, like, well, just because they've gone up, they could still outplay their value.
0: Kelsey's um, got 40 catches, 553 with seven touchdowns. To make the already.
1: point, he's also very willing to restructure his deal. He's done it twice already, and I believe he's in the conversation to do it again right now. If he didn't already, just do it. Um, so Travis Kelsey's buying into the Chiefs system. He's going to be with the best quarterback in football for the remainder of his career. Let's, let's really
0: – do we have to think about this? We don't. In we fact, really like don't. I said, this is my – hammer shark lock of the year <laughs> right now is to get involved and I, and I have on to say um, I'm, I'm just not a fan of
1: Travis Kelsey you're He's out my, of, your mind. One of my He's least favorite the coolest favorite dude players. in the league oh. who, cool. the only, you know who thinks that him that's the problem
0: and, and me well you know once upon a time somebody said I looked like Travis Kelsey I'll it take happened. that maybe, maybe Jason nah <laughs> Definitely his drinking ability. Uh, but anyway, how about another one that's down right before we get out of here? Darren Waller, down 34% uh, this year in particular. Over the course of his career, is down 40%. This is alarming because we all expected, now, I don't know about you, maybe not, but like I, I expected Waller's production to go up with the acquisition of of Devontae Adams because of the fact that you would have to respect a a true number one receiver over there. So going over the middle, catching the balls. Look, the story of Darren Waller is incredible, right? Like he's come from nothing. He was pretty much left off the face of the earth when it comes to the NFL. And then he resurges with the Raiders. Great story. However, he's down. He's down significantly right now. He's only got 16 receptions on 175 yards, one touchdown. Hey, if you
1: want a a good indication as to what I think is going to happen to TJ Hawkinson, over in Minnesota, just look at Darren Waller, because you yeah think, that because, bad huh? B- well, maybe not that bad, but because you think that they're in a better offense, that they're going to get more targets. No, it makes the team significantly better because it's something extra to worry about. But Justin Jefferson, it, it, you're not going to be like, hey, we got Hawkinson now, so we're going to throw you the ball three times less today. I, I just not. think it makes I, you worse. Yeah, it makes a, you
0: worse. What I what? All right. So within the market and his stats. Maybe that's what suffers the most, but the respect and the attention so it, it makes it, that it it makes he gets opposing defensive coordinators right have got play kids, for him.
1: They have to they have to account for it. But also, Waller's been hurt a lot, and yeah. that's been the story of his career. He can't stay in the lineup, and other than likability of a back, he's not a backup quarterback. So nobody has to like him, but he's got to be available, and he's not. Yeah. I do think that he's a buy low candidate. I just don't think so in the mojo. Just market. like him, a superstar tight end, he's got
0: a 10% multiplier going long on him, or you could short him at five times right now. I'm sorry, 10-time multiplier. That's an interesting concept if you I really want to. I was wanna... thinking
1: that there was a potential to see a Waller trade. I'm surprised the Raiders stood pat. I think that
0: they're. Raiders are going to be, a be very foo- interesting to watch little next little year. a little foolish to Josh see. With Josh Jacobs just walking out for no compensation. Well, that's, that's they better pay him now. No, that's. That seems to be him. the plan, right? All right. Well,
1: look. That... As soon as the trade deadline ended, I would have called his agent and been like, hey, can we work this out? now
0: yeah you're right if you're not gonna trade me and the player's gonna me. say yeah brandon no. cooks brandon cooks Hell he would be very
1: very happy he was that sticking market. around they're gonna franchise tag him
0: who jacobs oof yeah, i don't like the franchise tag i hate the franchise tag as a matter of fact wish they would do away with the franchise tag but this show is about to come to a conclusion uh we want to thank you guys for obviously tuning in each and every day here on the mojo market report you could follow us at mojo on instagram tiktok And Twitter. Uh, Join the conversation on the Discord. You could join that as well. Heavy conversation, heavy debate based off of the trade deadline alone. And again, now it's time to start gearing up for the second half of your season. What's your portfolio going to look like? I know mine is. It's a little lighter as far as uh, guys I got rid of. yeah. But tomorrow, tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go over some of the heavier moves that we've made over the course of the first half of the season and see where we stand. Did we get some right? do we get some wrong? We're going to grade ourselves along with the start of week number nine in the NFL. So head on over to Mojo.com for all your in-depth analysis. For Dave Sturchio, Chris Gucci, this has been another episode of the Mojo Market Report. We'll see you guys back here tomorrow for the start of week number nine. <laughs>